and welcome to the Chatting Cozies podcast, the sister account of the Cozy Mystery Book Club, YouTube's first Cozy Mystery Book Club. I'm your creator and hostess, Angela Maria Hart, and I am so happy to be joined by Ben, aka at Botany and Books, Botany and Books on Twitter and Instagram. I love it. Thank you so much. Oh, it's such an honor to be here with you right now. I'm so happy every time I get to talk to you. You are just a bright ray of sunshine mm -hmm. and your personality and just all of the amazing things that you are paired with the cozy mystery fun. I just always look forward to any sort of chatting cozy discussion. Oh, me too. Me too. It's it's always an honor to be chatting with you in, in here. Like it's it's a different format, but I'm really excited. I know. This is the very first episode of Chatting Cozy. Yes. We're chatting cozies. Cozy mysteries. And hopefully, if I edited this properly, the introductory music will have played. And oh. We'll have a nice little jingle intro and outro. Everything is all official. It's been in the works for quite some time. And it's kind of mind-boggling to me to have this actually be occurring because I work on things so far in advance like i've known about this for probably almost a year and a half between getting the graphics and the jingle and trying to learn about podcasting so i'm doing all these things behind the scenes meanwhile y'all have no idea that i'm doing this i purchased the domain names for chatting cozies and all these other things and so to actually be recording a <laughs> podcast episode it is just so exciting to me oh, and, to, and I, talking to you just oh. adds to it i feel like you take the excitement level just up a couple notches <laughs> i love that you're always so prepared like you you've been studying you've been like no i didn't even know about this for like the longest time and you're just like behind the scenes working on everything it's just i can't wait to hear the jingle music like i'm i'm ready <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I don't really do anything so-so, or if I have an idea and I know I'm going to follow through on it, I kind of make sure all of my ducks are perfectly in a row. They're not just sort of there. They're not mm -hmm. almost, you know, kind of a little bit off skew. They are perfectly in a row before I tell y'all, because I know people are going to have questions. They're going to want certain resources. And so I want to yes. make sure I can actually answer those questions before things take off. So hopefully... Now that this is happening, everything is ready to go. And we are kicking things off with Sugar and Vice by Eve Calder. And Ben was the guest host for our January 2022 live stream discussion of And Then There Were Crumbs by Eve Calder. And that book was so amazing and I enjoyed it so much. And Ben did as well based on our discussion. Yes, yes we did. We had to read the next book in the series. Kicking this off. What did you think about Sugar and Vice? Can we first discuss Evan? <laughs> Mr. Evan. <laughs> I love how there's this exasperated sigh. Yeah. I can actually picture your face right now. You're, you're going, we got to talk about the ex-fiance. Yes, we got to talk about <laughs> Yeah, I'm sad I can't see your face because I'm normally like able to see you. And like you just, yeah, you can just see my expression. Like we need to discuss him. This whole book. <laughs> yes, we have... I have to admit, I mentioned this with the live stream with the first book. I love our heroine, our protagonist, I Kate. Yeah. She is such a genuine sweetheart. She is caring. She is mm -hmm. thoughtful. She is such a good friend to Maxie. And even though she's new to the community, she has stepped right in and she's joined and helping out with all the events. Yeah. And then you've got the ex-fiance, Evan, who is just this terrible... <laughs> terrible, <laughs> just spoiled dude. And... 
how did those two end up together for any period of time? I don't know. <laughs> and like how it ended too, like I, I'm just surprised that he even really wanted her back. And I thought at the end of the first book, like we were done with him. I was like, okay, cool. We're, we're not going to see him again. Nope. <laughs> right away. He's buying flowers. <sighs> yeah. No. Oh, Evan. So jumping, this is probably one of the grand <laughs> gestures yeah. that happens a little bit later in the book. But we have an adorable cozy companion named Oliver, uh-huh. who is the town dog. He is the Coral K, K-C-A-Y, Coral K for y'all listening again, podcast <laughs> land. Some things don't translate in audio. So we have the town dog, Oliver, and he's staying with Kate, except now Evan knows that she likes dogs uh-huh. and Oliver doesn't like Evan because oh, no. Oliver is a good judge of character. Yes. yes. Evan decides to go get a new dog to replace to- Oliver. Yeah, to replace Oliver, because he's like, well, this one will like me. He comes walking into her bakery, holding a little puppy, going, this is our dog. Who does that? No, after repeated rejections from Kate, like, this whole time, she's been telling him, no, we're not together. Like, he's been slipping, you know, like, oh, we're, you know, still engaged. No, like, they're not dating. She's made it very abundantly clear. And he just ups and buys the dog. A puppy. That's obviously the next natural step in the evolution of a breakup. Rejection, <laughs> yeah. flowers, stalking. Mm-hmm. He goes, he he crashes her book club meeting. Yeah, he yeah, shows up at her bakery. He brings her a dog creature. and she has a dog. I mean, he wants to get rid of Oliver. I mean, talk about how just like the emotional capacity with this person thinking that she's just going to give up her dog. Yeah, just going to drop this dog that's only been by her side her whole time she's been there helping her out. And he just thinks he, he can just easily replace he's one of those i i know i'm handsome i'm gonna give you my Mm -hmm. dazzling smile and i'm gonna see what happens and it's gonna be in my favor except she's no longer falling for that smile no no she knows she knows who he is she uh yeah so uh so she has a puppy now and uh maxi who's amazing as she always is uh takes in the puppy just for the night just for the night (laughs) and of course uh her children and her husband (laughs) fall in love with that puppy so oh you can't bring home a dog and not expect your family to want to keep the dog that was such a nice way to tie it in to the story because Mm -hmm. i was going to be concerned about this little guy and i was also going to be very upset if he ended up with a random family and we never saw him again but I just love the f- I just love Maxie so much. The best friend. I think she could have her own series. And I would, pick I, it up I, would read, I read that. Out. Yep. <laughs> I'd read that out. I listened to the audiobook version and the narrator does such a great job getting the Cuban accent. Oh. She has the nuances with dialogue. And I just love this character so much. She is such a great, not just a foil, but she's just a great character unto herself. She could be her own lead. <laughs> she is so grounded and it, She's exactly what Kate needed in the first book. And I feel this book too. It's they both need each other. And yeah, they're a great duo. Another random maxi moment that I love. It's somewhere in my notebook. I'm not going to go flipping the pages to go find it because this is, this is seared into my memory because I just love this scene so much. <laughs> Her children, she has three children. She has two boys and a girl. The two boys are in the backyard. The oldest dares the middle child, the, the boy, to eat an ant. Yeah. And he does it. <laughs> Mommy, Javi ate a bug. And she goes, okay, what type of bug? <laughs> an ant. What type of ant? A black one. Okay, that's no big deal. Moving on. She goes, just go wash up for dinner. They sell those at the grocery store. No big, whatever. Something about extra protein, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Sugar could, is not poisonous. I could just see that scene too, just so vividly. <laughs> I love that. I was laughing so hard because this woman just blows it off going, okay, fine. You could tell the thought process. She's like, he already mm-hmm. ate it. It yeah. already happened. I mean, as long as he hopefully doesn't eat the ants again, we're good. Yeah, yeah he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> But I do want to just go back to Evan for a second because you brought him up. Was there something about Evan that you wanted to touch on, whether it's him kind of coming into her new small town, the gestures? All of it. Especially, it just I, he just felt like he could come back and then just whisk her off her feet and then they'd be back in Manhattan. Like, with, with all the flowers, infiltrating the book club, just being there, you know, and also him and the foundation they had they're like helping with all that it just he just kept on inserting himself in every situation and i i was glad that she just kept sticking to herself and being like i don't want you this is over like i'm not leaving this town i think the town unto itself is amazing and it (laughs) offered her that escape and that home but the fact that he cheated on her and she also walked in on the cheating. She didn't just find out about it. Yeah. She, she, yeah. She witnessed it. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, it's funny that it just, you felt like it was done, but he just kept on, he, he came in book two and he was still trying to pursue her and in telling people he was by a house and people like, and like him telling everyone they're still together Though I wish like some of the people would have been like oh, asking her before believing it, you know, like that's oh, a big small thing to, towns, to... big gossip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just feel like it would be something that they would check in, but it was just, yeah. I was like, Oh no. Oh. And then, and then also, you know, calling that the restaurant she reapplied to before she left Manhattan and having them call her like for a job and, Oh, he decides that he's going to make her dream job yeah. happen. And th- no, like who, who, who thinks that's a nice gesture? Like he, she, and especially Kate, she's a person who wants to work for, you know, what she gets and she doesn't want to be handed it because he made something happen, you know? And it's not just, he's taking her talents and he's trying to manipulate them to his own mm-hmm. advantage. She's probably worthy of that job all unto herself. Yeah. And he didn't need to step in there and it's insulting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kate, I'm so glad you didn't end up with this guy. <laughs> oh, and I also, I wonder if her sister will be in the next book, because it did touch on her, too, like that phone call she had with her sister about oh, Thanksgiving. Mate. Kate's sister. I don't know if the mother was in charge of Kate and the father was in charge of the sister. Right. I'm not really sure the parenting discrepancy <laughs> yeah, that happened here, because, again, Kate is such a genuine, lovable character. The sister... Not so much. Mm-mm. No, that phone call, I was like, oof. And I, and I was like, well, maybe she'll be brought up in book three. <laughs> I hope she has a redemption arc because she really needs so. one. Oh. Yeah, she basically was like, oh, we're going to have, you know, Thanksgiving plans. And then she and her sister was still like, oh, you know, Kate's going to get back with Evan. Things will be fine. And Kate's all, no, that's not going to happen. You can come down here. And she's like, grow up, Kate. And like, goodbye. Like, that was it. She wanted Kate to be with the guy who treated her poorly for her sake, for the Mm -hmm. sake of her children, so she Mm -hmm. could latch on to the Thorpe Mm -hmm. name and be a part of Evan's family and Evan's world. It didn't matter that Evan wasn't good for Kate, as long as Evan was good for her. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know what? Why don't you date Evan? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing she found the small town cozy here, because I don't think she was going to get that small town vibe of just being supportive with her actual sister and family. Oh, no. She needed the she needed she, the other she, characters. She has her own like family and it's a founded family, which I that's what I love about this book. Like everyone is so loving 
and it's a, such a great community they have. As my dog and barks. Max too. and Max agrees too. <laughs> I love how he's just going. Yes, we gotta support this moment. But back anywho, to the, back to the puppy. Uh, so there is pirate fever going on in this book. That was such almost a random inclusion, but I was there for it and I loved it. <laughs> I I love a good like theme, so I was like, yes. I love how Eve Calder made it work. And Mm -hmm. I think I was so impressed with her writing. First of all, we have the dead body in Maxie's backyard. Mm -hmm. And the main problem is they have a dead body, but they don't know whose dead body it is. They have no identification for this individual. So we have mystery number one, Mm -hmm. but then we have mystery number two of Sir George, the pirate that was most influential with their small town. And so they want to learn more about him. Mm -hmm. They have this backstory about his life that they're trying to investigate. I thought the backstory and the secondary mystery of the pirates was really awesome. It kept me intrigued the whole time. And then also you have the the pirate festival coming up too. So you have all the preparations going on behind the scenes with the, you know, everyone getting ready for that. And so you have like these three kind of things. And then Evan on top of it, you got another, like you have all these threads going and like, it just keeps it going and going. You're like, what's going to happen? The entire time this book was going I had sort of my different threads of who done it, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so one of the other potential love interests is Harper. Harper is the owner of the local wine shop. And Harper is, I believe they said 20 years older than yeah, Kate. Yeah. At the beginning of the story, we are led to believe that he is going through a rather bad divorce. Let's mm-hmm. just go with that mm-hmm. for the time being. Yeah, and yeah. so he makes passes at Kate. He sends her flowers. Yeah, He's asking her out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And there is a storyline with Harper as well. So we have Kate with all these different sort of threads and we're going, which way is this happening? We got yes. Harper, we got Evan, we have her running this cookie contest, we mm-hmm. have the pirate story. There's yeah. a lot going on and Eve Calder had a lot of balls in the air that she was trying to juggle. And not, I don't feel like any of them got lost. They all kind of, they all connected. I do love though Kate getting flowers from Harper and from Evan and Maxie just being like, well, (laughs) here they are. I think it's adorable how Maxie is a five foot two woman. And she said she looked as if she was just this walking bouquet of flowers. (laughs) I'm picturing like in this store weaving around people in the busy, you know, the busy bakery and with all these flowers (laughs) delivering them. I thought it was kind of funny though when Kate knows Evan inside and out she knows his quirks she knows his motivations and she says to Maxie oh just take the order because if you don't he's still going to place an order and that's going to go to your competition get the commission get the money if he's going to place an order for flowers it might as well be from you (laughs) Mm -hmm, exactly because she Maxie Maxie felt guilty but yeah she was like no like you might as well get the money that he's spending (laughs) Oh, Evan, at least you're supporting Maxie in her time yeah. of need. He's supporting a small business, so that's good. Yeah, she's got a body in the backyard. <laughs> Some of the other places aren't ordering their roses and other floral elements mm-hmm. from her with the skeleton being found. But I also just want to mention Exhibit A is how her husband Peter refers yes. to the skeleton. But Maxie is just too kind-hearted and cannot think of the skeleton as Exhibit A. He's Alvin. Yeah, they named him Alvin so they can discreetly talk about him. Um, they named the skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> I, it would have been awesome if they found out his, his actual name was Alvin. <laughs> I, <laughs> there's also a lot of names that began with the letter A. I, I still want to know how she came up with Alvin. I just think that's so great to have a random a very, detail uh, like this. 
it's a, it's a sweet little name for, for Alvin. Sir George is a 400-year-old cold case. So Barbara Showalter is the local librarian, and she brings the Sir George question to the Coral K Irregulars, a.k.a. the local book club, and she wants them to solve the mystery. What did you think about her bringing the mystery to the book club? I feel she did uh, have... Cause is she also the... She's not the mayor, right? No, she just acts like it throughout the okay. book. <laughs> I wasn't confused. Okay, but yeah, I feel like she wa- she wanted maybe more of a publicity stunt. I felt like it was uh, it was a weird little notion it started. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I think the reason I bring it up is because at the end of the book, I know I'm jumping ahead here a little bit. Right. I am going to leave You're a little good. bit vague. <laughs> so we have the ending, and we do get a conclusion when it comes to Sir George's story. Say that three times fast. And so <laughs> the ending is just between Maxie Kate and Sunny, the local yoga teacher, who is a distant relation of Sir George. And so Sunny believes that Maxie and Kate are allowed to be in on the secret that her family is protecting. And she doesn't invite Barbara Showalter there, the librarian who first brought the question to the book club. And I thought that was a really interesting creative decision by Eve Calder, yet it made sense. The fact that these two best friends who genuinely care and are also going to keep the secret because they think that's the right thing to do. So I just kind of wanted to flag that because that really struck me. Sunny was one was along with Harper were the only two that didn't vote to do the search too. That's right. That's right. I thought that was just really a nice way to tie it in with the ending being between Maxie, Kate and Sunny. Sunny already knows the ending, but I thought that was really something that she trusted her family secret to these two women and just those two women, not the entire book club, but those she's sort of deeming worthy for whatever reason. And again, these characters are awesome. They're kind-hearted. They're generous. Whatever reason she finally zoned in on or decided to zone in on, it totally makes sense to me because there is such an authenticity to them versus other characters that we come in contact with. with alternative motives. Yeah, Yeah, that was a nice touch. I almost fell into one of the red herring traps here. (laughs) So we have the local bike shop owner, Claire, I believe Mm -hmm. is her name. And I had a moment at, at the beginning because she created a treasure map in honor of the pirate festival. And I made a note going, oh, they introduced crafting into the story, another cozy component that we all love. And she burned the edges of the map to give it an aged element. She used tea on the paper. And so later on, we find the skeleton, Alvin, and we're led to believe or we're told that they tried to age the skeleton to throw off when he died. And I'm going, is this... Is Eve Calder trying to show us something here with the crafting, aging the paper, aging the skeleton? Is this a thing? I'm trying to put two and two together and it's equaling five, but it's not you, really. And you, you felt and you fell for that. It was in the back of my mind because I'm looking at the scene and I'm thinking about how, oh, she aged the paper. Is this supposed to be indicative of her aging the skeleton? But I really liked the character Claire. I do like Claire. I didn't want it to be her. I um when she was describing aging the paper, I totally did that for one of my school projects. <laughs> so oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, yeah, I've done that. I yeah, I soaked my paper and tea. Yeah, it was a nice little. Well, the crafting conversation occurs way before they find the skeleton. So my notes with the crafting conversation are all highlights and exclamation (laughs) points and stars, and I'm loving it. And it wasn't until later when I'm going, 
is she being mischievous? What's going on there? So I was looking back at a scene that was I was once fond of with questions. Mm -hmm. So at least when I do a reread, because we can establish that I've enjoyed this book thoroughly, and I am going to reread it, I will be able to enjoy Claire's scenes without any issues now, because I know it's not Claire and she's safe. And that's what's so hard, because I enjoy a lot of these characters. I never want anyone to be the villain. I mean, someone has to be. But yeah, we were reading Claire, like that just spikes him. Like, ooh, maybe, but I was like, oh, I don't want it to be her. Like, she's she's too sweet. And she's also with the local mechanic, mm-hmm. who's an adorable character. He's the yeah. one who put Kate on the path to working at the bakery. Mm-hmm. He's taking care of things. He's very helpful and forthright. And so I would have been devastated for yeah. his character, yeah. too. <laughs> going, you, how, his, no. His name's Gabe, right? Yes. Yeah, he's super sweet. He's the first, like, introduction, like, the first book and like yeah, I would have been sad too. At least our bad guy was someone <laughs> who was cringy throughout mm-hmm. most of the book. There's the okay I wrote down a line. So again, I just love Kate. She knows that she's not gonna be romantically attracted to Harper and she decides let me bring him cookies Mm -hmm. to let him down gently and instead of accepting the cookies as just the nice gesture that it is Mm -hmm. oh the way to a man's heart is through his stomach and you just (laughs) if you're not cringing reading that line oh it was just so uncomfortable cringing now just hearing the line (laughs) Oh, shaking the head. Yeah. He took something so sweet and innocent and turned it into something like a nice little, a nice little, like, here's some cookies. Like, I know you like them. Like, here you go. Also, our cozy companion, Oliver, is not very fond of Harper from the start Mm -hmm. of this book. So I think that was one of those giant red flags of look over here. (laughs) (laughs) And for the record, I was paying attention to this once I was curious about Claire. Oliver is a fan of Claire. He let her pat him. He took the ginger snap from her. Oliver liked Claire. So also putting that, putting Claire in the Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like having Oliver there to indicate someone's trustworthy or not. Oh, he comes in handy. So in book one, Oliver alerts Kate to when someone's breaking into the bakery. (laughs) This time around, Oliver is inside the bakery, whereas in the first book, he's outside and he's trying to scratch his way in to help her and give her a little bit of a heads up. This time he's sleeping in the bed with her because he is living with her at this point. And there are people outside who apparently believe anything that's written on the internet. And they decide (laughs) they're going to go digging for treasure at two in the morning in Maxie, the florist's backyard. They're thinking, okay, you found a body here. Naturally, I got to bring my shovel and get to work. And so Oliver is the one who raises this flag and tells Kate, you got to get up. You got to call the police. And it was so cute because Kate originally thinks he needs to go outside, do his business. But Oliver stands in front of the door and he will not let Mm -hmm. Kate outside because he knows it's dangerous and they're strangers. So he's blocking her path. I don't even know how to phrase it. My inner cheerleader was just rooting (laughs) for Oliver. I'm going, oh, Oliver is amazing. Oliver's so great. I just love that he was so protective and just he was the catalyst for some of these scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, He, they were, so Maxie and Kate were digging in their backyard and Maxie's backyard and Oliver went and like started going ham and like you know digging deeper and found the body so he's always like a little yeah a callus for these kind of scenes and when they initially found the body the everyone speculated that it was sir george it was a pirate everyone's been looking for so of course you know treasure hunters thinking that there might be gold with the pirate yeah 
it's that entire scene from beginning to end <laughs> when Oliver is blocking the door to when the local cops come is hysterical because <laughs> the two guys digging in the backyard are absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> they remind me of the people who go looking for aliens in the desert. <laughs> they're they one of those conspiracy- because they read it online. They're like, no, they're hiding. Like, because by then, it's not Sir George. and But they're like, no, that's what they're telling you because you know they don't want you to find the gold. Yes, they're telling the people who actually are doing the fact-finding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here what's going on. The cops, no. <laughs> they're telling the cops this. And I'm like, no, and I love. I also loved Ben in this. I oh, know, yeah. obviously, you're Ben, and I'm like, I love Ben. We just love Ben all around. I love the character Ben in the novel as well. I was rooting for Ben the cop. I love this scene with him so much. I'm just going to throw this out there too. Random little side note. I don't know why Ben is not a romantic partner option right now for Kate, because I really like the character Ben in this book, but I loved how he was just adding up (laughs) the ways he could put these guys in jail. He goes, okay, you're trespassing. Mm -hmm. You're now disturbing a crime scene. Mm -hmm. You're doing this. You're doing that. By the time his sentence was done, I think he had 10 different things. Yeah, Yeah, it was vandalism, um, breaking and entering because they climbed over the fence. He had a whole list of things and he was ready. Oh, it was disturbing the peace mm-hmm. because yeah, they were there they in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he had a whole list of things. <laughs> and again, my inner cheerleader is going, yes, Ben, you got him. It was great. That was just a fun scene. I also oh, love every time he comes to the, the shop, like they're like, oh, uh, Kate's always like, oh, there's coffee. I'm ready for you. Like it's like a hangout, even though most of the time it's not. I don't know how he's not getting more of a vibe for the romantic interest partner because we we very clearly have a romantic option with the new local vet mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Ben is just awesome in these books he is listening to them he will go above and beyond for Kate and Maxie and all the other people in town and one of the scenes that I made note of was when he went to again I love how this character's name is Amos because Amos. I was like a murder she wrote <laughs> So Amos owns the local grocery and he goes to Amos's grocery with Kate and Maxie in tow because he thinks that Amos might like having two friendly faces with him yeah, as they have so this potentially sweet. disturbing conversation. Which is so sweet on his part. It's, yeah, it's thoughtful. Luckily, it turns out that the body is not that of Amos's nephew. Joel is the actual victim that we find yes, out at one point, yes. but I'm blanking on his nephew's name, even though, oh, was it Teddy or something? It's Teddy, yeah, Teddy, yeah. Eventually, you find out Teddy is on a reality TV show. Insanity and- Island. I love it. <laughs> We find out at the end of that scene that there was no need for the friendly faces being there to comfort. But I just thought that was so nice that he was going, okay, yeah, you guys know about the the skeleton, all the behind the scenes stuff. I'll let you come. What other police officer would do that? Most of the time they would stop them from coming, you know? <laughs> I also love the name of the reality TV show. Just Insane. going back for that second. <laughs> it's vividly in my mind because it sounds... Uh... It sounds wild. <laughs> that reminds me of this book, how they have so many fun names. There's Pirate Bread and you got the festival and all these other fun titles. Just even the name of that TV show. It's something that's just very randomly referenced. It's only in there once, but yet it makes you smile and it stays with you. Yeah, it's, it's, you remember. You vividly remember. Like, yeah. 
Again, I love my Kate and Maxie dialogue. When Kate asks Maxie, how would you get rid of a body? Maxie does not miss a beat. She goes, you put the body in the swamp. And Kate's looking at her going, (laughs) did you have that answer ready to go? Have you thought about this? I love the interactions between these two. It is just. They're they're so great. It's just, it's, it's like a friendship and you're like seeing it happen. And it's just. I am blown away by the way they interact because the way it comes across on the page, it's it's as if these two characters have known each other forever instead of just a couple of months. People have these references of soulmates. I think they are soul friends. These two are meant to be best friends. Those two are BFFs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They it's just they've been only friends for a couple months and it's just it seems like they've known each other forever. And I, I just love it. I love it so much. Glad that Manny came back. I don't know if, if everyone listened to live stream. I, I love Manny and his dog, John Quincy. And I'm really glad they got another spot. I love how the moment you bring up Manny, that's when I look <laughs> see his name in my notebook. We are meant to talk about Manny. Yeah. <laughs> I loved this character. And I was so surprised how much I enjoy the character of Manny the P.I. Yeah. In book number one, we don't really know what Manny's story is at first because Kate is being followed by a guy with very bad Florida fashion. <laughs> That's basically all we know about him <laughs> for probably 70% of the book. And eventually Ben, again, got to give Ben his credit there. He finds him. He has a conversation. He finds out that Evan, the awesome yeah. guy that he is, hired a PI to follow his ex fiance That's what you do. <laughs> Naturally. Again, you got to give Kate credit for staying true and not falling back for this guy. But he hired Manny and Manny helped them out in book one. And to have him come back in book two, oh, I was so happy to see yes. his name pop up in the text. Yeah, I was like, where is John Quincy at? <laughs> the first part of the book, I was like, I hope I see John Quincy again, this adorable cadaver dog, you know. He does. John yeah. Quincy, he's the one who solves the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> He was meant to be in the book, but even just Manny's first reintroduction, I was so happy and laughing with this. So Evan does not know that Kate found out about Manny's PI work. And Evan decides he's going to hire Manny to help Kate with the people who are crazy trying to dig up treasure in the backyard next to the skeleton, because clearly there's more than just a couple nutter butters out there doing this. (laughs) So he hires Manny to help with the security. And so Kate is doing her worst job of acting. I love it. And she oh. calls Maxie and says, okay, this is what's going on. We're <laughs> pretending. And she says, take your time. Maxie, no. She wants to be there to witness mm-hmm. this. She's like, I can't wait to see this. I will be right there. <laughs> She's going, I'll be there in one second and hangs up the phone and runs over <laughs> to go see this interaction. Every time Manny's in a scene, it just somehow becomes lighter and more fun. Mm-hmm. There's just something about him that's enjoyable to me. <laughs> But that's what I love about uh, Eve Coulter's her her work. You know, it's she's reintroducing characters within the first book, and it's just it's a nice little touch because sometimes characters are kind of thrown in there once and you never see them again, and it's like it's nice to see people come back and have an important part to the book. I have to admit, though, as a cozy mystery reader, I will get concerned for characters that I like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I almost want to have a petition and go, okay, (laughs) these are the characters you cannot kill off. These are characters who cannot be guilty of murder. Manny is on my list now of characters that I want to protect. I I would worry about John Quincy, uh, his his dog. I would worry about... John Quincy. I love that dog. (laughs) I love that little beagle. He really did. He's the one who solved the case. We might as well just jump right in and talk about it. It. Our cadaver dog, he found a cadaver. Yeah, he was burnt out before, but you know what? 
He found another body. That poor little guy. He retired. He wanted to be retired. And then they just pulled him back in. (laughs) He's not allowed to retire. The bodies will find him. (laughs) I also just want to throw out that I love his name is John Quincy. Yeah, it's such such an adorable name. (laughs) Again, everything about this book, I think, just makes me happy. His name is one of the things that makes me happy. And then our other little puppy is named George. <laughs> after Sir George. And at one point she calls him Mr. George. Yes. Oh, Maxie. I hope she, I hope she, I hope Maxie keeps on calling him Mr. George. He's not just George. He's Mr. George. Because there's pirate fever. So there's just so much fun in this book. And that's such a difficult thing to do. Although I think it is so important with cozy mysteries because you're dealing with murder, which is mm-hmm. not a fun topic. No, no, no it's and not. And yet a- you're supposed to make it fun and lighthearted because that's what cozy mystery readers want. We want the Hallmark vibes and Eve Calder mm-hmm. did it. And so right here I have a scene <laughs> written down where Kate had to break up a literal fight over cookies. <laughs> People were about to duke it out over the last 12 cookies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was that was a legitimate fight going on in the small town uh, and the and sam the owner of the bakery was getting upset he was ready to kick out everybody and That's stop the cookies scene. because this did not happen when there was no cookies and so they end up having to i think she said she ended up baking five dozen cookies mm-hmm. and a cake and a cake but that guy was ready to fight this woman for those cookies for his son's birthday party <laughs> he was he was telling him but that lady was first in line but kate handled it very well in customer service and also got five extra dozen cookie cells and a cake cell and delivery fee on top of it. Like, way to go. I love how her kindness helped out with being a good businesswoman. <laughs> Sam was not going to do it. <laughs> oh. She was not thinking about it as a business decision. Mm-mm. She was trying to be nice for this guy yeah. whose son's birthday was happening that afternoon. And she ends up making a significant amount of money <laughs> off of this little nice interlude she's just trying to help this guy out and all of a sudden she's making a lot of money yeah she was solving the problem helping everyone out and just yeah i love it she did that a lot in this book Mm -hmm. she ends up having to make a pirate cake she has to go all out (laughs) she's making doubloons for the cookies she makes a gingerbread doghouse yes 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 (laughs) i really want hallmark to do an adaptation because i want to see these creations come to life Oh, I would love to see Maxie and Kate like interacting in real life. Oh, I honestly, this is her. one of those series where if Hallmark has not heard about it, I kind of want to just send them the book <laughs> just blurb. Send, just send it to them and see. Oh. oh, I have this written down too. It's not just a pirate festival. We have pirate night dinners. It <laughs> yes. is a full-on pirate theme throughout this entire book. We got we, Sir George, who's the pirate. We got the pirate festival. And then there's even like more pirate fun happening. Yes, because everyone's working so hard through the day. They want to make sure everyone's getting dinner at night. So they have pirate-themed dinner. And Maxie is dealing with a dead body in her backyard. Mm-hmm. And as the original hostess, she can't host. And therefore, her best friend, Kate, picks up the torch. Mm-hmm. And then they host it together. Which is so sweet. And, you know, Maxie was, that's the reason they were digging in the first place. She was trying to spruce up her backyard. And you, know, you can tell probably Maxie was a little sad because she really wanted to host it. And it's nice that she was able to co-host it. Everything about Maxie just makes me happy. This woman wanted to do something nice for the town. She wanted to mm-hmm. host the dinners. She didn't want to She didn't want to find a dead body. I mean, you <laughs> I loved how Ben actually said to her, you technically didn't find the dead body. All of us found the dead body. So we actually have two dogs. 
the two dogs are the ones who found the dead bodies. Oliver found Joel. Mm-hmm. And then you got <laughs> you got John Quincy who found Caroline in quotation marks. Caroline, yeah. aka Peggy Ann. So the two yeah. dogs are the sleuthers. We got <laughs> Maxie and Kate who are the people sleuthers. Then we got Oliver and John Quincy who are the dog sleuthers. Maybe they need their own little novellas. You know what? I'm kind of excited for the next book. I hope uh, Mr. George has a little more personality going on. I'm ready for some Oliver just, George hangout. I just thought they were so cute. Kevin, he, he keeps going, isn't this guy adorable? Don't you just want to, don't you want to keep him? Don't you want to hug him? She goes, of course I want to keep him. Of course he's adorable. So we get more descriptions about Mr. George than the actual interactions with him. Whereas the other dogs are grown up dogs. They're, yeah. I mean, Oliver is almost out of his puppy stage. So they have their full personalities. George is coming into his own now. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see what happens there. Yes. So we do have to talk about Harper. The way we can dovetail this conversation is that Oliver does not like Harper. No. And it turns out there's some very good reasons mm-hmm. not to like Harper. How did you feel about him? I was a little, not grossed out, but I, w- I did not like that he was, you know, putting trying to put some moves on Kate, knowing, not that an age difference is any really bad, but just knowing his situation, like his, his wife, you know, is out of the country, and I just, I was like, no, this is a midlife crisis, kind of like what Maxie was saying, I was like, no. I'm trying to remember the quote off the top of my head, but I know I wrote it down. Because Maxie calls him not an old coot, but some sort of coot, but he's not old enough to be an old coot. Yeah, exactly. I wrote it down because it was oh. one of those fun lines. Yeah, that was a good, but, yeah. Oh, yes. She calls him a young coot. A young coot. That's right. Yes. Because he's not old enough to be an old coot. Mm-hmm. And so Maxie tells Kate to invoke the mercy rule on him. Yes. Which I thought was also fun and awesome. But Harper... It wasn't so much the age difference that was cringy. It was the fact that this guy was talking about almost being divorced. His wife Mm -hmm. left him, but he's in love with her. And you're not really sure what's going on there. And if you're Kate or any woman who's hearing a guy talk like that, I don't think you want to go on a date with him. Red flags, get out of that situation. And plus, Oliver doesn't like him. (laughs) He is a very good judge of character. Because it turns out Harper is our kind of bad guy in this Mm -hmm. book. He's not the one who put the skeleton in the backyard, but he is aware of certain bad things that have happened. And didn't say anything. So yeah, you have have Caroline, but it turned out it was not Caroline. It was, is it Peggy Ann? Yes. Yes. Impersonating Caroline. Um, And they both were using Caroline's trust, living off of that, basically. And so Joel was Caroline's brother? Yes. Yes. Caroline was long gone. The original Mm -hmm. Caroline died in a car accident, which many of the characters, Manny, my favorite PI, believes was not an accident, but murder Mm -hmm. on Peggy Mm -hmm. Ann's behalf. Probably. And Peggy Ann took over Caroline's life, stepping into her shoes. (laughs) And it turns out Harper knew about this. Mm -hmm. He didn't just marry someone thinking he married Caroline. He married Peggy Ann knowing she was not Caroline. So Harper was not necessarily the best of guys. Mm -mm. Oh, Harper. It just got worse (laughs) for you after that, didn't it? It did. And so everything kind of was circling back to, you know, when was the body buried? And it all was circling around the Valentine's Day party. And um, that's when Joel, yeah, was was missing. 
and then Peggy Ann tried to poison, no, no, tried to slip something into Maxie's drink. And so Harper saw that and did one nice thing where he, like, you know, knocked over her drink so she wouldn't drink it. Oh, Peggy Ann. You were, <laughs> like, you were oh. not even a character, but we did not like you. I know. Don't, no, no one threatening my Maxie. Yes. <laughs> My Maxie. <laughs> I love how you said that. I mean, she is. She is such a cute character. Again, oh. we gotta protect her at all costs. Yes. So then, so then, uh, Peggy Ann and Harper have a argument, and he pushes her. Right? I think that's a scene. He yeah, pushes he her. Claims it was self defense. Yeah. She falls down the down the stairs. Naturally, that's because that's exactly where yeah. you have your discussion and your argument. Right, right, right at the, the top, top of the stairs. <laughs> And uh, that kind of does her. Isn't that funny how that happens in mystery novels? It's always the top of the stairs or right by the banister that they mm-hmm, just so happen mm-hmm. to and follow. And it gives her. off, yeah, the wiggly banister that kind of, yeah. Oh, Peggy Ann. So, but d- does he, like, you know, report this or anything? No, he buries her body out on the property. Because that's what one does. You get a gazebo, you put it over yeah. the dead body. <laughs> you don't just get rid of the dead body, you put a gazebo over mm-hmm. it. So, so you know exactly where it is. <laughs> Peggy Ann was not a nice character. And so we know about Caroline, the wife who's away in Europe in book one, and we just sort of go with it. I'm not sure if this is one of those. Is it like Verna on Cheers where we just hear the name reference? We never actually see her. Same Mm -hmm. thing with Maris on Frasier. We know she exists, but we never actually meet her. So we're kind of getting those vibes in book one. Book two, it starts off that way. But Mm -hmm. when they start to question if it's her brother in the ground, Caroline Mm -hmm. becomes much more important. And the fact that everything kept going back to that Valentine's Day dance, that's where Teddy was working that evening. That's where Joel was in attendance. Mm -hmm. They had all these different connections to this one event. And that was Caroline's baby. That event was hers. And so you knew Caroline was going to be important, but... We didn't know that it was not the real Caroline. That no, was kind no, of a we twist. we did not know. That was a really big twist. <laughs> that wasn't something you could predict. Oh. And if you did predict it, I would give you an extra gold star because yeah, I did not see that one coming. That, that was, uh, someone impersonating someone else was not on my radar at all. <laughs> we did not know that it was not Caroline. And that was a giant twist. Yeah. She was the one who put the body in the backyard. But you can't really be suspicious of a character who's not entirely there in the story. She's referenced, but she's not present to be interrogated or mm-hmm. to have Maxie and Kate do their sleuthing tactics on. So it's kind of hard to pin the murders on her before the end of the book. Yeah, yeah, because she's not there. We have Peggy Ann, a.k.a. the fake Caroline. Mm-hmm wanting to kill yet again because she killed Joel who realized, hey, the woman taking money out of my family's account is not actually my sister. So Peggy Ann does away with Joel for the money. And Mm -hmm. then she decides, hey, Joel bought the original Caroline roses because those are her favorite. Joel might have interacted with Maxie. I'm going to go kill her too on the off chance (laughs) that they had a conversation. Maxie was a a loose end that needed to be tied up. But she had no confirmation that this conversation occurred. No, so she was she was willing to just off Maxie for no apparent reason. I love how it's one of those on the off chance that they had a conversation <laughs> and he gave her his life story. <laughs> yes. Not just a matter of buying roses, being polite, but they actually got into it of who he's visiting, why Work, he's buying roses. Yeah, working in customer service, uh, that does happen sometimes. So, <laughs> But uh, no. That did not happen. Not in this case. Luckily, (laughs) Harper did something nice and 
I love how the nice moment is him spilling the drink. Yeah. It's not just <laughs> taking the drink away. He had to spill it and break the glass or something. He had to make a scene of it. So he gets rid of the poison in mm-hmm. Maxie's glass. His one which, nice thing. <laughs> and then that's what leads to him then getting even worse. We're <laughs> going down a very bad path, shall we say. He decides to start drugging yes. her, like, aka Peggy Ann. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just turn her to the cops. He decides... I'm going to give her medication and make her comatose. That's what naturally occurs. Is that just on hand? You're just like, okay, well, I have these drugs. I'm just going to. Yeah. What kind of medication do you just have lying around to make your wife comatose? Like what, what, what is your pharmacy? Like, let me me quickly go to the pharmacy and get this. Yeah. I don't think the CVS near me would do that. Harper, even though he, you know, wasn't such a great guy. I mean, it's just, yeah. They both, her, him and Peggy were both kind of, no. Once you learn about Harper, it's hard to root for him or like him. He yeah. becomes totally irredeemable by the no. end of the book. Yeah. I also kind of got to give Eve Calder a little bit more writing credit here too, because throughout the book, I definitely think looking back, we have clear signs that Harper mm-hmm. is not a good guy. And I think it's kind of interesting once you know the ending, you have that, oh, now yeah. the puzzle pieces are falling. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden you realize, oh, all these corners go over there. Oh, <laughs> this is what happens. The thing with Harper that caught me off guard was the fact that he knew it wasn't the real Caroline and he married her anyway. Yeah. And so it's not just a matter of him doing or letting me, these things happen. He's a bad guy into himself yeah. because he also is lying about who he is. He's pretending mm-hmm. to be from New Orleans. He's not from New Orleans. He's from Alabama. <laughs> Why would you lie about that? It's it's yeah, like, it's not like he married her not knowing who she was and he's hiding his own like past too. And it's just yeah. And also I just at the end he didn't even fight really. He was just like, Well, they found out and that could have been a dicey scene itself too. It's just yeah. Uh, yeah, we kinda got Ben explaining things at the end because mm-hmm. Harper tells Ben and Ben tells Maxie and Kate and <laughs> Manny yeah. because Manny's there with John Quincy. Mm-hmm. So we got Ben explaining this, he's relaying what Harper told him. So he's relaying the story to these three characters. And as he's relaying that, we, the reader, get to experience it as well. And so I almost kind of wish we got to hear it from Harper himself. Yeah, like it would have been nice. He could have just sat there and just told him his story as like cops are coming, you know, sirens blaring down the street, you know. I would have liked that a little more, but eh. Yeah, we do have a little bit more of a, I'm going to tell you the ending here versus let's go and have that big interaction of facing off against the bad guy, Mm -hmm. which is always fun when you have the sleuther (laughs) who's unarmed facing off against someone. Yeah, like a life or death situation. I mean, it would have been kind of nice too if I kind of thought it would be funny if, or not funny, but one of those great (laughs) scenes if Oliver kind of was Uh, growling at him and wasn't going to let him leave. Come saves the day. I kind of thought that might have happened because Oliver, the very first time he growled and was barking in a mean way was at Harper. And so Mm -hmm. part of me was thinking, is he going to show his, those canines? Is he going to show his teeth and growl at him and keep him right there until Ben arrives on the scene with his handcuffs. I was kind of waiting for that a little bit. Yeah, they were all, they were in the house and then looking and seeing Manny on the phone. It was kind of, and it was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I liked the ending. I'm just saying as the reader, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more Oliver at that scene. <laughs> we, just, we just want more Oliver. Just want more. I think that's a good rule of thumb. More Oliver, the better. <laughs> but the ending was really nice. It was nice. You know, you kind of, everything ties 
together with the, you know, pirate line and sharing the secret with, you know, Sunny. It, it was really sweet. We also have kind of the lingering, the local town vet who's new. It's a romantic interest for Kate. Well, is Kate going to be doing more cookie contests? Is she Ben, ben going to become a love interest, maybe? I, I kind of feel as if Ben is getting underrated in that regard. I really <laughs> think he deserves a shot. I don't know why he's not getting more reference there. Maybe Wait. I'm just used to cozy mysteries when they're long series, trying to throw in multiple it, people. It, 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 it is nice having Kate, like I think we discussed this in the first book. It was nice having Kate find herself and having the space. And I feel like with Evan thrown in this book, it Probably would have been a little too much. So maybe, maybe book three. We might get I gotta give more. Eve Calder credit though. She's not forcing this relationship. Yeah. She's not doing an instant love. She's just sort of letting it play out a little bit. Mm-hmm. They meet in the first book with one scene where he walks into the bakery. We meet him again here in a few scenes. He's mm-hmm. really not that present in the book. No, no. He's referenced yeah. in the book blurb Probably. as the new vet coming to town and she's doing the doghouse, yeah. <laughs> the gingerbread doghouse for him. But he's not actually in a lot of scenes, there's not no, a lot of interactions I, between I, the two. I do them. believe they probably talk about him more than you see him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That is very true. So I kind of like the fact that she's taking it slow because yeah. when it comes to cozy mysteries, I think that's part of the fun with the relationships. You get mm-hmm. to see them evolve because they're not romances in the traditional sense of you have the beginning and the end within one novel with cozy mysteries. They're supposed to grow over the course of a series, not just one book. Yes. Oh, I do have one line written down here. So again, I think Ben, he has some great (laughs) lines. He realized that the fake Caroline and Harper were living off of this trust fund. We're doing all of these terrible things and it all unraveled because of cookies. Cookies. Everything comes back to cookies in this book series. (laughs) The baking is very important. One of the things with Cozy Mysteries that I think can be wonderful is when the sleuther's profession or the cozy mystery theme comes back and helps with the mystery itself. So it's not just a baking sleuther, the baking mystery with the sleuther. So I liked the fact that the recipe that Harper stole somehow helped them solve this mystery. (laughs) It all ties in together. (laughs) The, The special cookies going on too. Kate is very creative. She has this new business idea doing a cookie contest and Unfortunately for Harper, he entered with a stolen recipe. (laughs) So his bad wife, Caroline, the the fake Caroline, Peggy Ann, stole stole a recipe book because she had to steal it. You have to physically steal it, yes. Yep, you have to do that. And he didn't know she did that. So clearly they needed to have more communication in their marriage and this could have all been avoided. (laughs) But apparently the cookies were delicious though, so that was Mm -hmm. a plus. That's always a plus. Always a plus. Did you like the baking? Did you like this store? I, I love it. I'm, it's it's great seeing it evolve from the first book to there's a lot more life in it. It's just, you know, I mean, we understand what happened. Was, and seeing Sam, too, not in jail the whole time like the first book. Like, he's actually, he's out and about. And uh, it's a great little community they have. I really love Sam in the first book. I was so glad when they got him out of jail and at the ending when they redid the cookie house for uh, him. That was so great. And this time around, he's still his old, his kind of that curmudgeon, that lovable <laughs> curmudgeon. He's happy. He's present. He's working in the bakery. And 
because Kate's there for him, he's able to take time off and he's able to go in for half days, which was so great to me because in the first one, he's so burnt out and Mm -hmm. overworked. I was rooting for him. Reminds me of people like, you're not in the office today. That's so great. I'm like, you're not baking today. Good for you. Yeah, he's able to find his own time. And it's just, it's it's just wonderful just seeing that and just having more of him in this second one. It's just, yeah. Oh, I do have a random notation here. So I really like Kate as a character. I... I can say it so often in so many different ways, but one of the scenes that I liked was the fact that Kate talked to Evan's mom, Amanda. She talked to Evan's mother and she has so much respect and kindness for this woman. She did not tell this woman that her son cheated on her. She had Mm -hmm. a post breakup conversation with the would be mother-in-law and she had a nice sort of culmination conversation there without actually putting Evan down. And I was just going, Kate, you are a class act. She, she's a great person, and I really hope that uh, Evan backs off now <laughs> and lets her be. Do you have a favorite scene with Maxie or Kate? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, the aunt one was probably one of my favorites. Um, I think also with um, Mr. George and uh, knowing full well when, when Maxie was going to bring him home, I'm like, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and then having that confirmed uh, the next day. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, you cannot bring any sort of animal home to children and expect that animal to not become a member. For her husband, Peter, to be like, no, I love this dog. (laughs) I was like, they're not, that dog's going nowhere. That's going to be the new, uh, the new dog. Oh, Peter had his own little mystery or his own little sort of side secret going on. That phone call in the, in the, in the closet. Yes, because naturally, if you're, if your husband is taking a phone call in the closet, (laughs) You kind of gonna have your little suspicion. Could, right could he not go to the bathroom? I mean, the restroom. I would just think that would be. Uh... I mean, luckily for him, the conversation was calling Manny to get yeah. back up and help <laughs> to protect his wife. So luckily, which is, he was which doing is really thing. sweet, and so it all ties back to. <laughs> but his little secretive moment was the fact that his boss is retiring, mm-hmm. and he might be running for state attorney. So. So maybe something's gonna be happening in book that, three. That's a good secret, though. <laughs> I liked that secret because his relationship with Maxie is so pure and so sweet. He delivers flowers for her. He was helping out with delivering baked goods in book one. He's a good dad. He's working. He's making sure his wife is safe. If he had been cheating on her or any sort of bad thing was going on, I would have been devastated. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, again, we got to protect Maxie. (laughs) Our Maxie. (laughs) We gotta protect her, and and that includes Peter. He better not hurt our girl. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was glad that there wasn't a, a deep dark secret. <laughs> oh no! I mean, it's almost as if he could go for a job promotion. That's a secret that's permissible. We will yeah. allow that. He just probably didn't want any under stress, or you know. Yeah, I think they actually said he found out the same day they found the body. Yeah, so he was like, <laughs> I don't want to. I also have a moment where Kate realized George was left-handed. It was just one of those great moments where she makes a realization and she's going, I'm not sure if this is helpful, but I feel closer to him now. I thought that was so great. It was was while making the, it was, was it the pirate cake? Yeah. She realized that the sword was on the right hand or Mm -hmm. on the right hip and and she's going, how do you draw a sword if it's the same arm same so she actually had to practice with a butter knife she said (laughs) i love that scene too yeah but i just thought that was so cute and it is a random detail of 
oh, we just realized he's left-handed. We solved something with this mystery. It was one of those where are making a little tiny baby step mm-hmm. <laughs> in the right direction. It was just, it was random, but it was a cute way of going about it with her playing with the butter knife and trying to figure this out because it actually comes up in conversation later, yeah. which I so did not expect. I think it was Ben who brought up George and she said, oh, it was because they use the word sinister. Mm-hmm. And it turned out sinister was another way of saying left-handed. That all came back around of, oh, it's a description of him. It's not actually calling him an evil guy. It's him being left-handed. So it actually mattered. This realization yes. that you think is so random is actually an important detail. Yeah, because left-handed you know, people would always try to make people right, right-handed instead of left-handed. And- I, I thought that was so great with Eve Calder with the writing because I didn't see that coming. And again, with everything comes back around and she doesn't leave anything open-ended in that regard where you do kind of get the nice details that form the puzzle. So you didn't solve the mystery? Oh no, I'm I'm usually a little bad about solving the mysteries, which is fine. I like to enjoy the book, so it's okay. But Yeah, I think I've accepted <laughs> that with cozy mysteries. Sometimes I'm reading and I want to play the whodunit game, but more often than not, I think at this point in time, I just want to enjoy the story yeah. of the sleuther. I just want to be in my small town. I just want to be with the characters I enjoy. I almost feel as if I don't want the stress of the whodunit. I oh. will find out the ending eventually because that's how this book goes. Yeah. It better have the, the conclusion <laughs> by by the end of the story. Oh. Otherwise, they're going to be having a major problem with the subgenre. So we're yeah. going to get the ending. That's a given. But we don't know how they're going to get there. And I think that's the fun with this. I, I love Coral Cave. So it's it's just, it was it was nice to come back to this, to this town, this this community and just kind of live every day and not worry too much about the mystery, which I'm also glad it was, you know, it was, there was like the historical, you know, with Sir George, but then also, you know, the the body that they found too. So it was nice that it wasn't like people being whacked off left and right. It was a little mystery. You also got to experience the pirate festival and then the the cookie challenge too. And every chapter was just like, it was nice just to relax and kind of, and hang out with Kate and Maxie's. And all over too. I really do think Eve Calder was sort of checking my cozy boxes <laughs> where we're getting the coffee references, we're getting the bakery references, we've got our cozy companions. She really was just like going down the list of things I look for and hope to see in cozy mysteries. No, it, it's um, also with, you know, Ben popping in, everyone hanging out in the kitchen and the back of the bakery shop. You know, it's just everyone, it's just a nice little hangout, even though, I mean, discussing murder mysteries, but it was really sweet. And I like the community that that you call her built in Coral Cave. So right now there's three books in this series. So from the sound of it, you're going to be picking up book oh, three. I, I will pick it up, yeah. Book three, which is A Tale of Two Cookies. Yes, it sounds as if we have a, another book for the TV Red List. <laughs> <laughs> because that's exactly what we need, more books for yeah, the TBR. We, we do, but, we do. Yeah, I'm kind of... <laughs> I definitely fell into this series with the book one there, and I don't really want to put it down quite. No, yet. and I'm glad we. I'm glad you asked me to read this along with you because I was wanting to, do, to read it. So it's. Uh, I gave you the motivation. <laughs> you did you did? Sometimes I need a little push to read it, especially I'm in school, so it's just reading textbooks and articles for class, and it's just hard to read for your fun sometimes. I definitely think cozy mysteries have become my escapism. Mm. So my PhD dissertation was on the romance genre fandom and romance became work. I, it was almost as if 
I couldn't relax reading romance. And the only way now I can relax with reading is with cozy mysteries. So cozy mysteries are my safe, fun spot. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I look I, forward to my cozies, my cozy mystery book club conversation. Yeah, this is the world I want to stay in. It's what I gravitate towards too now, just to relax. And I just want I just want to hang out with all my, my friends in the book, you know? I think that's why this series in particular is resonating with me because we do have such a likable heroine. You want her to be successful. You're rooting for Kate. And then you have these fun side characters who are a little bit different and quirky, but so kind hearted themselves. You want to be a member of this town. I would, I would move there in a second. I do too. I want to be friends with Maxie. I I want to hang out with Oliver, throw frisbees. You know, it's, there's just, and now you have John Quincy too. I just, I love dogs. They're so adorable. Oh yeah. I got my little guy right by my feet. <laughs> I got a little teacup Maltese, but all five pounds of them. <laughs> See, that's why when somebody makes references with the dogs, with Evan being like, yeah, you can just replace your dog. No. If you are a pet owner or you understand pet owners, that is not happening. I'm not giving my little guy up for anything. And she loved Oliver. There was no mm-hmm. way she was giving up Oliver. So, and then, I just feel like everything else failed at this point, Evan. Why are you bringing a dog into this situation? This poor animal. <laughs> you know, it's not going to solve everything. I just got a flash. It reminds me of the people where it's like, hey, our relationship's failing. Let's have a baby. Yeah, that's going to be a good idea. <laughs> but but to, uh, to just want to replace Oliver, too, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, you can't replace your fur baby. That doesn't happen. And Oliver really didn't have a home. And now he's, he's found a place with Kate. So it's, yeah. That is something that has touched my heart. I was kind of concerned about this in book one. So again, I have a dog. If he were to just sort of come and go at his leisure, I would be devastated. And so he's actually spent some time with my parents where he'll kind of, if I was traveling pre-COVID, he would stay with them. And I'd always be like, oh, do you, are you happy with me? Or do you want to go back there? I would always kind of be <laughs> a little bit insecure. And so when it comes to Oliver, he would come and go between homes he wasn't really staying with one family in particular but he's staying with kate Mm -hmm. and i think that's wonderful it's almost as if i found my person and i love that because if he was still coming and going i'd be worried about him Mm -hmm. i would be concerned for kate i wouldn't really think their bond was that strong and so the fact that he chose her i think just means so much to me as a reader yeah he's like this is my home now it's, it's so sweet. I love how they have the water bowls out for him. People in town know him, but he is he is Kate's dog now. He might mm. be the town dog, but he is he is Kate's. You know, he, he's, he, can, he's he, can, he can come and go, but he, he's coming back to her place every night, which is good. Yeah, so he'll stay the night at Maxie's. He might go and have a little vacay or, or sleepover or slumber party, but he's going back to his mama, yeah. which is now Kate, which is cute. <laughs> Was there anything else with the book that you wanted to touch on, talk about? I think we discussed everything, actually. I'm, like, looking at my notes, too. Oh, yeah. I had the best time reading this book, listening mm-hmm. to the audio. Again, I always try and overly repair, so I read things. And then as I'm doing the laundry and folding, I'm like, let's listen to the audio version, yeah. too. I so I'm it. so prepared. I read it twice. I was like, I'm, I'm prepared. We're good. Like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was making all my notations, but I enjoyed the book. So when I was making notes, I'm going, oh, this was a great scene. This was a great character. I wasn't angrily writing, oh, this should have happened. <laughs> no, everything everything happened. It was all great. 
I'm impressed with the writing with this book. This is the type of cozy mystery I think I would use as an example for future cozy mystery recommendations or for future people who are wanting to be aspiring cozy mystery writers. Be like, oh, here's an example of a well-done bakery mystery. Here's an example of this. It just it has the great community that I love when I find a series. It's just you. It makes you want to go back each time. And it's just... And you don't want anything to happen to your favorite character. So you're always a little worried. You're like, well, are they okay? And then you're like, okay, they're fine. <laughs> That's the caveat with Cozy yeah. <laughs> Mysteries. Unless it's Kate, our sleuther, or her sidekick, the Cozy Companion there, mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen to dogs. Nothing can happen to the animals, and nothing can happen to your leading sleuther. Other than those two characters everyone else is pretty much fair game so that's kind of uh that's the lingering doubt that you have as a reader yeah but i i really nothing's gonna happen to maxi because i'm not no. gonna let it <laughs> I, we are not gonna let anything happen to our maxi no if, if something like that happens that's when you go okay i'm going to wattpad i'm fan writing my own story now <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm i am really excited for this this new dogs mr george <laughs> I don't know how you can't see me, but I'm really excited. Like, <laughs> I also think it's so cute how this is such a dog book. All the characters mm-hmm. have dogs. There's not really a cat around. I, like, I, <laughs> I think it, they've been mentioned, but yeah. I well, the vet had to deliver cats mm. because that mm. was why he was late to his own party. Mm. He had to go help the mother cat deliver her three babies. Um, so we had the kittens referenced, but none of the characters have cats, which I find kind of funny because usually when it comes to cozy mysteries, I feel as if we get more cats than we more cats. get dogs. But I love dogs. I have a dog. Reading about dogs makes me happy. So I kind of like the fact that we got all the dogs going on. And they're all different breeds, too. Yeah, and you got cute little Oliver on the cover just staring at him. I just realized they're all boy dogs, too. <laughs> yeah, I did not, yeah. John, Oliver, <laughs> and George. Mm-hmm. They're making up their own little boy band names there. I want them all to hang out. They got their own little dog pack going on. Little wolf pack. Little wolf pack. And Oliver can be their leader. (laughs) No, I was really happy that this book was so well done. I had high expectations and I think it lived up to them. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I was was writing the enjoyment from the first one and this one definitely delivered and more. I I did not see that twist. Oh, the ending? Yes. Peggy Ann and not Caroline. I think the mystery was well done. I could, I didn't solve it. I wasn't able to be anywhere near the realm of solving it because, again, Caroline wasn't a real character that we got yeah. to know. I just got to enjoy the puppy cuteness and the baking yes. references and all those fun conversations. And I was there for that. I really I, was. I, I was there for the pirate activities, uh, the scavenger hunts, uh, you know, the cookies. It was, it was really great. See, now I have to – what's going to end up happening is – for this, I reread the first book. So then I read the second book twice. So now by the time I'm going to read the third book, I'm probably going to read the series again from start to finish. <laughs> so by the time I get to three, I'm going to, I'm going to have read the first book probably four times. At this rate. I but that. I am going to read book three. I, that is so happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it looks like A Tale of Two Cookies needs to end up in my next Amazon haul. Uh, same here. Same here. Well, I am very, very happy that we were able to do this. And I am really excited that Chatting Cozies is actually becoming something beyond an idea that's been going on behind the scenes. I'm so excited for you. I know you put so much work into this and and I'm happy to see this start off. Well, I still want it to be something that's low key, fun. My goal is to have 
one episode a month as a sort of one episode minimum. So the second Tuesday of the month is Cozy Corner Chat. And then the last Tuesday of the month is our live stream day. So we have Cozy Mystery Book Club Day is what I call it. So 7 p.m. EST, we have the live streams. And then 7 p.m. EST, the second Tuesday is when we have our Cozy Corner Chat conversations. It's Sleuthing Tuesdays. The third (laughs) Tuesday is the goal red date for the Library Lovers Mystery Series. And the people who are doing that are using the hashtag Sherlock Hamsters. So I'm thinking the first Tuesday of the month would be when the episode drops. Yeah. That is my thought process right now. I have sort of learned that it's okay to change the system up. When it came to the newsletters, I was putting pressure on myself going, oh, I said I'm going to get it out the first day of the month. The first day of the month is when the newsletter got to go out. So now I'm saying the first week of the new month, the first week. So now I gave myself a little leeway with that. So I'm thinking, okay, if I say maybe the first week of the new month, we have a podcast episode. So I'm thinking something along those regards, because I still want people to be able to enjoy it when it comes to reading an extra book, because I know this Mm -hmm. is an addition to the book club read. I know it's something... It's something new. It's something unexpected almost. So I'm hoping to just keep it fun and uplifting and hopefully people will enjoy it. People will enjoy it. It's Aww. it's definitely <laughs> something you. extra. I mean, it, I think a lot of people enjoyed the first, the first book. So this will be a great like encouragement if they wanted to read the second book. They can enjoy it too. I really enjoyed the first book. I really enjoyed the second book. And I'm thinking I'm really going to enjoy the third book. Uh, the same here. That's uh <laughs> Um, as I'm like on my phone ordering it already. <laughs> That's amazing. I adding, love it. Adding to the adding to the the shopping cart. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, but it's 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 uh, I I hardly read series like all the way through. So this is a testament to how much I enjoy this series. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to read the next book because I usually I just hop around. When I get to the next book, I'll get to it. But this series, I'm like, I want to read the next one now. Eve Calder, you did a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently, apparently, I'm, we're I'm both scatterbrained when it comes to series, and now I'm like, I want to read all of this now. So I feel as if her her publicist should be listening and going, "Oh, let's pull this quote from Botany and Books. Mm-hmm. Let's pull this from him <laughs> and put that on the next so, blurb." It's oh just, my goodness! It, it's just uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's such a great little community she made, and it just it makes me want to go back. So. It's, and go back, we will, in a tale mm-hmm. of two cookies. Mm-hmm. See, now I want a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> you are so sweet to join yeah. me and have this conversation I'm, and read this extra cozy mystery. I'm so happy. And it, it is the, the little fire I needed to read it because I wanted to. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to read the third one now. I do hope that Mr. George makes an appearance. You find his See, now if he doesn't, I'm going to feel badly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so invested in all these dogs in this book that... <laughs> You gotta admit that's some great writing. If you're right? in love with a character who doesn't even have dialogue, right? It's it's just, and I I I, I always want to come back to a series that they have like a really great community, and I just I love the friendship between Kate and Maxie so much that yeah, I just want to keep on coming back. I want to be friends with Maxie. I almost want to be the third person in their little group. <laughs> I'm going. Can you take this twosome and turn it into into a trio? I'll be the third musketeer. Angela, Angela and Max just show up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Write myself into my new Wattpad mm-hmm. fandom story. <laughs> oh, I love that. I read that. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. I'm too busy working on things for the book club. It's true. You can you can be the um, the book club lady. <laughs> we'll replace we'll replace Barb with 
Oh, thank you. I'll take. I'll, I'll take over. Well, now they actually need a new place to go meet too. Because Harper was where they That's had the meetings. It's true. So maybe there is a new character coming in who's mm. going to help out with the book club. I would like that. Mm. Book three. I was going to say Eve Calder, if you're listening, and it's not in book three. <laughs> we have inspiration for book four. <laughs> Or five. If you finish book four already, it can be in book five. Or book six, seven. Yeah. We just want to keep the series uh, going. Keep, keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you enjoyed listening to Ben, please go check out his Twitter and Instagram. Okay. He is so awesome and so sweet. I say he's a bright ray of sunshine, and he really is. I adore him. So please check out at Botany and Books. Ben was the guest host for And Then There Were Crumbs, which is archived over on YouTube. There's also a transcript that just got done and will be uploaded to the CozyMysteryBookClub.com website. So all of the Ben goodness will be available to you across platforms. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. It's wonderful well thank you for chatting cozies with me and being the first guest for the inaugural episode of this sister podcast to the cozy mystery book club i am always working on something when it comes to cozy mysteries and i am so excited that this is finally happening and i am over the moon thrilled that you were the first guest because I always have the best time chatting with you. I love our discussions. I I feel as if you're my good luck charm when it comes to books <laughs> because you were the one I got to discuss Killer Chardonnay, which is one of my favorite reads of 2021. And I mm-hmm. truly think, and then there were crumbs is going to be one of my favorite reads of 2022. So mm-hmm. I should just always talk about books with you. <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, <laughs> I just need to keep up, you around. I'm up for this. I'm, you know, I'm always around. So... <laughs> So in other words, listeners, we can guarantee Ben is coming back for a future episode. Thank you for everyone for listening to this discussion of sugar and vice. It sounds as if a tale of two cookies is going to have its own follow up. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really happy that we were able to talk and celebrate this book. And I really do appreciate y'all taking time out of your days to celebrate Cozy Mysteries with us. So please stay safe, healthy, and have fun reading and sleuthing. We're chatting cozies, cozy mysteries.